Welcome to a Texans edition of Texas Sports Nation. I'm Brooks Cabina, joined by Jonathan Alexander, both of us beat writers for the Houston Chronicle, covering a Texans team that is no longer winless. They had continued their nine-game win streak against the Jaguars with a stunning win in Jacksonville, where we saw one of the best runs in Texans franchise history. Damian Pierce with a 20-yard run, uh, two plays before punching it in with the go-ahead score, where he broke seven tackles. And I saw a statistic today from Pro Football Focus that 17 broken tackles, the most that that website has ever logged in a single game. Wow. Just a way to put the numbers on Damian Pierce's power, a fourth-round pick who you can see why Pep Hamilton is an offensive coordinator and the Texans have constructed an offense around him. And Jonathan, after a couple of weeks of us wondering about his usage, I mean, they went to him not only on that play, but others, uh, even on third downs, he didn't get through to him in certain situations. They knew who their top guy was, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and that's what we've been, you know, writing about this whole time that they need to use him. And, you know, he's he's obviously their most important offensive player right now. He is the guy who can take it to the house at any time. If he breaks off a right one, he's going to he's going to break tackles. Um, he's going to make you miss. I mean, he's so critical to this team. When they are running the football well, then they actually have a shot. And 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 we saw that um, just just recently in this past game. Um, they can't rely solely on Davis Mills because Davis Mills is not the type of guy who's going to put the team on his back and carry them when everything is going wrong. They would like for that to be the case, but Damian Pierce is the answer. You wrote about that. You know, he's the answer for them in, in the engine, and he makes that offense go. I do think Davis Mills, even at 140 yards, made plays in critical situations that uh, we hadn't seen before. Even on that drive, Damian Pierce's touchdown, and you wrote about this too, about the Texans finishing, uh, third downs, two third down conversions, one on a 23-yard pass to Nico Collins off the side. I think I, I think that had a lot to do with Davis Mills just trusting that Nico Collins would come down with that ball. Um, but then he dropped down a third and 10 to Jordan Aikens right on the Jacksonville side, a nice sideline pass that went right into Aikens' hands. Um, his statistics, Davis Mills' statistics were not overwhelming, uh, but in the offense that they've put together, he made the plays that they needed to get into a chance to win, and I think that's enough for them. And, and Jonathan, I think what's interesting, too, is that I, I wrote this in my prediction. I'm just, I'll, I'll admit I was dead wrong. I thought the Jaguars, being a top 10 rush defense, would stop Damian Pierce. I mean, this is a defensive front that Omar Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, partly invested a quarter of a billion dollars in free agency, most of that dedicated to the defense. Um, and obviously they had two first round picks, one on the edge and, uh, you know, their number one overall pick and Trayvon Walker. And then also with Devin Lloyd at linebacker and Damian Pierce basically had a hundred yards. I mean, he lost two on that final drive that took him out of his second hundred yard game of his career. But I mean, were you surprised? What, what about the Jaguars? Did you see that, um, are they still who we thought they were? And what does this say about the Texans? I think, you know, multiple things at play, right? It's a division game and anything can happen in these division games. You know, a lot of upsets happen in these particular games. I think the Jaguars are still a a contender in the AFC South. I would not at all be surprised if they won the AFC South. You know, I'm not particularly sold on the Titans. 
Um, but I thought that the Texans played the right game. They game planned uh, the Jaguars perfectly. The Jaguars actually did pretty solid against Damian Pierce for the most part, with the exception of that 20-yard run. You take away that 20-yard run, what is that, 25 carries for, what, uh, 79 yards? I mean, they held him to under four yards per carry. They were they they had six guys in position to make the tackle. Yeah, they yeah so. they they game plan for him. <laughs> they they dared, um, you know, the Texans to throw the ball. Um, but eventually, Damian Pierce is just so hard to bring down. Eventually, he's going to break one off, and 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 he did that. And and I thought that was critical. You, you mentioned Davis Mills. I was impressed with the fact that he made plays that he hadn't made previously. I was looking at the statistics in the fourth quarter. On third downs, he was 4 of 11 for 46 yards in an interception. He had been terrible on third downs. But he made two key third downs like you referenced, including that one to Jordan Aikens who made an impressive play. And I thought that I thought that was really the true test. That third and 10 play, I thought that was a really true test because they hadn't been able to complete those plays initially. And, and they were able to do that. And I think that can help them get over the top because – yeah, it was a huge drive, um, and it led eventually to that big Damian Pierce run, and then that eventual uh, one-yard touchdown run. So I thought I was I was impressed with how they performed. I mean, they weren't great, you know, against the Chiefs. They probably won't be doing, you know, you know, playing like that. They probably won't get a win, but they now know how to win, and they finished. And I think I thought that was major, super important um, to what they've been trying to accomplish. And love, we talked about it. Right. Well, the last few games that they were in, they were unable to finish, and this was one where they had a chance to win. They were able to do that. And you mentioned the Chiefs and the others that they go down. I think some of the things that the Texans are still going to have to address, and we'll be speaking to Nick Casario on Tuesday, uh, I think things are a bit tight for them to try and make upgrades, to try and contend in this division. What's interesting, Jonathan, you pointed this out. You mentioned the Titans. The two teams that they played that are really good right now. The Giants and the Bills both blew them out, and they played the Colts close, and we've seen the Colts struggle. And the Jaguars, I mean, I was surprised a little bit by the lack of offense uh, there. I mean, part of the issue was they really dared the Texans to stop them on four downs. Uh, they went for it on fourth down three times. The Texans stopped them three times. Trevor Lawrence looks shaken up. I mean, this seems a bit like Trevor Lawrence before he fumbled a bunch of times against the Eagles, and Trevor Lawrence. After, I mean, even even that final Hail Mary pass was a duck. And I, I was just surprised that Lawrence was forcing the ball, didn't look as clean, um, even in the end zone, whenever he threw the interception to Derek Stingley, uh, Derek Stingley getting his first interception of the year, which you called, Jonathan, in your yeah. prediction. Lovey Smith said that was the same play that the Chargers ran twice and as they were putting the game away, that fourth and one, and then eventually the 20-yard touchdown pass to Eckler. And the Texans were ready for it, but Lawrence didn't have to throw that ball. Is that all at all surprising to you that Trevor Lawrence in his second year under Doug Peterson is starting to struggle here? Uh, no, not really. I I try to take what Davis Mills does with, uh, you know, I try to add context to it. You know, he's in his second year, still learning. I look at it the same way. No, I don't. I don't excuse you know the mistakes, but I look at it the same way with Trevor Lawrence. He's going to make some mistakes. He's definitely got to be better. But, you know, he's only in his second year. He was with an atrocious uh, co- um, coach um, his first year. And, and, and now uh, I'm sh- he's learning an entirely new offense, kind of similar. I mean, Davis Mills isn't really learning an entirely new offense. Probably he still has some familiarity there. But, you know, there are differences last year than there were this year. So, um, you know, it's definitely something that he has to be better at. But 
I don't know that I'd be super concerned uh, with it. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm I think whenever we're talking about weapons and things, Christian Kirk and Say Jones, those guys. I mean, there were some drops in that game yesterday, yeah. uh, but the Jaguars were getting a lot of yardage. And this is one thing I wanted to bring up with you, John. That we talked to Lovey Smith on Monday about this. Um, he did a lot of passes over the middle. They're getting really in that second level zone. That's where the majority of Lawrence's pass yardage came from. And a lot of that is fitting that in between the safeties and a linebacker crew that's struggling a bit. And at first, Levy Smith said Sunday that he was rotating the defense a lot more because of the weather in Jacksonville. Asked him on Monday that uh, if there was still performance based discussions with that too. And he, and he agreed to that and said that they were not pleased with some of the play that they've had at linebacker. Christian Kirksey hadn't missed a defensive snap all season leading up to that mm. game, and then he was rotating heavily. Common uh, Grugia Hill as well. You saw Neville Hewitt, Garrett Wallow in the game, um, and uh, uh, you know, Lovey Smith was asked about Christian Harris, who uh, was not activated after practicing a couple of times last week. They said he wasn't ready. We discussed that in some stories over the weekend, uh, but when asked about Christian Harris, Lovey Smith pointed to Garrett Wallow. Felt like he was somebody that played well against the Jaguars. I, I think he's doing really well coming back from that ankle injury. It's his third game back. But, I mean, whenever the Texans come back next week, is the defense struggling enough in the front seven for Harris in two weeks to maybe make a, make a run at starting? I think it depends on where Harris is and how he's able to you know, kind of adapt and, and grasp the defense because obviously he, you know, missed that whole, what, two months of practicing. Miles Smith talked about it. He wouldn't put Christian Harris in a position, um, you know, if he wasn't ready. So if Christian Harris is ready, then yeah, definitely, because they need a mix up. I thought it was good that they were able to rotate linebackers and keep some of their players fresh. Um, I mean, it's not like, you know, their top guys have been perfect. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, adding Christian Harris, somebody who they say is super fast, um, will be a good change up and, and it could possibly, you know, add another dimension to this defense. Um, I was surprised that he wasn't activated mm -hmm. in, in just the sense that you have a couple of weeks to prepare off a of film there. And if they were going to rotate heavily already, give him a role. You could have an argument that he could have had a little role with the Jaguars coming in as a third down linebacker or a three the third linebacker in certain situations, give him something that was something to build on. Because if he's, yeah. if he's fully healthy, um, then there's the only thing that's yeah. keeping him off the field is what you were talking about there, being ready. And obviously that's something the coaching staff has said that they're not prepared to do. Um, but if they're rotating these guys, um, especially, I mean, there's another element to this that we haven't really talked about either. Pass rush, they've blitzed some more than I think I've seen them last year. and that this pass rush just isn't doing anything. The last couple of weeks, the only sack they've gotten was when Justin Herbert slid. Uh, they didn't really get to Trevor yeah. Lawrence, and uh, Mario Addison being activated didn't do that either. I mean, what are the biggest things that the Texans need to be thinking about whenever they're trying to decide how this roster shapes up? Because, you know, obviously adding Harris meant that you'd have to move someone else. I mean, where where where, where do they where do they start getting something out of these defensive uh, rushers? Yeah, I, I think they need to, you know, do their best to get Jonathan Grenard healthy. You know, he's going to provide some of that pressure. But, you know, they might have to look to start blitzing more and, and getting doing using a five-man rush. Um, 
Because, you know, their their defensive backs are capable. They are good. Um, they have played well. They haven't made many mistakes. Um, you, The big plays that you've seen have mostly been in the, the cover two and, and have come when, uh, you know, teams have found holes in, in, in the defense. Um, so, you know, I don't think sending an extra blitzer to get some additional pressure would be bad. I think it, in fact, could help. So, yeah, I think that's possibly one way. I don't, I don't know what. It, what are your thoughts? I think that's something to think about because, and it's a really good point that you just made. I mean, this is a secondary that they Lovey Smith can trust because that was how he talked about having Derek Stingley and Jalen Petrie as additions as rookies who, even at the beginning of training camp, back to OTAs, he was talking about being uh, uh, starters and potential playmakers. Um, I think. The one difference I would say is that if you were going to blitz somebody, it'd probably be Petrie. If you're going to blitz anybody in the linebacker group, they I've, we've seen Kamagrujeil uh, as part of the five-man rush before. Um, that hasn't really come through yet. So I'm wondering if the speed element is part of it. If Harris, if he comes in, if a, a guy who ran a 4-4-4-40 uh, coming out of the, the combine, if he's fully healthy and ready to go, if that's a guy that you can have coming off the edge or up the middle or reacting quickly. Um, so those things might bring that element too, but, um, I mean, to get pass rush also, um, they're probably in passing situation with Desmond King in the game playing nickel safety. So we, 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 we saw him blitz a bit in the preseason. Um, if he's a guy that you would trust to maybe pick up with Petrie coming up, it'd be interesting. Um, I, I think there's a lot more that they could do, um, to go through that, but Lovey Smith has always tried to get most of his pass rush out of the front seven and the way this is going right now um, with the Texans. I, I know they just picked up a win here, but there's still very much a long season. Uh, people who might be uh, wanting them to get a higher draft pick instead, they're still in the running for that. And I think Will Anderson with Alabama is becoming um, a, a more likable selection. When you look at how much if the pass rush continues to struggle, even if Grenard comes back because and even before that ankle injury, he was, you know, he was he was productive, but you weren't seeing Jerry Hughes style numbers. And even he has dropped off since having four sacks to start the season. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, they've got a they've have to have a backup plan. I mean, I know they have Addison and Hughes for a couple of years, but you know, they are thirty four, and I don't know how old Addison is, but he, I think he, might, I mean, I think he might be thirty five, maybe. I think he is thirty five. Yeah, they're both. Yeah. They're both, so. uh, it's weird. Madison's had best his best years after turning thirty. Uh, I, mean, I think he's had yeah. seven, at least seven sacks since turning thirty, and he is. Yeah, I just checked. He is thirty five years old. Thirty five years old. September sixth, yeah, nineteen eighty seven. So yeah, uh, it's crazy to think they're they're players in the NFL older than me. <laughs> still, I mean, it gives me hope. But well, I found out the hard way that I'm never getting on the field. Uh, they had a so it's a bye week, and the Texans. Uh, media department, their PR staff, they put together a media combine uh, for the first time. This was their inaugural season. So Jonathan, you held out on us. Uh, we went out there and they had a bunch of uh, bunch of workouts. They had uh, the passing situation. You know, like at halftime at a national championship game where you like throw the Dr. Pepper thing, you throw it through the little hoop in the middle of the padded mm-hmm. deal. They had that set up. They had a field goal situation. You tried to throw it as far as you could in another station. Uh, they had the 
the jugs thing where you would catch a punt on one and then another where you would punt yourself. And then, uh, there was a 40 yard dash there. Um, needless to say, whenever I got there, um, it was fun because Levy Smith was there. Pat Pamelin was there. Frank Ross was there. Uh, Cal McNair was there. Um, and immediately, you know, obviously we've been critic critical of, of the team going up to there and Pep comes over to me and he's like, all right, so, uh, you're going first, right? With the passing deal, huh? It's like, am I, am I? Okay. All right, fine. I go up there and everybody's watching me. I, I, I drill the first one, man, right through, right through the hole. And then after that, I just mm-hmm. laid an egg. I'm throwing it into the bleachers. I'm popping it off the side. It's slipping out of my hands. I can pep, <laughs> you know, talking smack behind me and they're blowing whistles. And I was like, man, and then I ended, I go over there and Pep yells, well, I guess you owe Davis an apology. <laughs> so here's my apology, ah. Davis Mills. Uh, although there's a lot more money on that end and he's definitely been doing a lot longer and has obvious talent. And I have chosen to write for a reason. Oh, and 10 clear Lake high school. Those are my credentials. <laughs> I, I know exactly where I am and I'm fine with it. So, uh, <laughs> fun though. That's, that's funny. Was there a lot of people there? A yeah. Lot a lot of, of the people, people from, uh, uh, the sports radio 610 were there. Uh, they, uh, DJ B enemy, uh, from ESPN. He, man, that guy, Track, he, he ran track at Louisville, and then he held out uh, until the end on this 40-yard dash. He acted like he wasn't going to do it. He's like, you know, playing playing humble. And you're like, yeah, would you just get up and run? I know you want to run. <laughs> he gets up, starts asking yeah. for cleats. I was like, just get out there and run. Goes out there, runs a 4-8. And I was like, all right, okay. 4-8, <laughs> man, that's pretty good. So he might end up on a yeah. practice squad somewhere or – Maybe the Houston Gamblers once they start in the XFL, but he he won, he won the competition. Yeah. I made a field goal. Frank Ross was out there holding the ball. His one request was like, "Just don't kick my hand." Um, and I was like, "Just you know, don't don't pull the ball out like Linus and Lucy." So we got put put it down the middle. Um, so you know, I said it's fun. Uh, not takes yourself so seriously sometimes, and uh, you know, the bye week obviously the coaching staff yeah. happy after getting their first win, um, you know, just, I think what's, what's interesting to think about this now, um, you know, now they're one, three and one, um, do we, we made our predictions at the beginning of the year. I had them down for at first five wins. Then I diminished it to four. I think you were right around there too. Does the win against the Jaguars change your prediction at all? No, I had the, I had the Jaguars being one of their wins actually had the Bears being one of their wins too. So I I, I think I predicted five initially with the mm-hmm. Bears and Jaguars being two of their wins. I think I might need to um go back down to four. Did you have the four. Giants in there too? That's a surprise one. I had I had them beating the Giants and Yep, I had them beating the Giants too, but well, that's not gonna happen I think any this, longer. The one thing I'll say is that you go in, you look at the Jaguars and their front seven. I thought the defense was going to keep them out of it. And there are a lot of teams up there coming up. I'm, I'm looking at the Eagles. Obviously, they're playing really good ball, but the Jaguars were up playing good. Um, I think the Eagles, especially with their run game, is probably going to take care of that. But I'm looking, you know, I, there there are games where if you if you see a team that's struggling into the week and they're, they're, there's like, a, a Trevor Lawrence situation where he's not looking quite as he needs to be. I mean, this is a team who, you know, the Texans might be able to sneak up on a couple of teams. Like, you know, the Dallas Cowboys have obviously been pushing without 
Dak Prescott. Um, looking towards the end of the year, the Titans and the Jaguars, they get the Titans twice. I mean, the Titans have not looked that strong. And that's a game where you have two running teams, Derrick Henry versus Damian Pierce. I'm really looking forward to seeing those two games. Um, and if the Texans can steal one of those, because they're, we were talking about how the Jaguars defenses last week kind of mirror each other a little bit in the way that they get turnovers. Um, I mean, if they're able to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to play the way they did against the Jaguars, I think they might be able to sneak a couple, but, um, uh, with the, you're right with the trade of the Giants and how they've, how they've come out of, they might end up pretty much the same. So, uh, but the, the, the main yeah. thing that comes out of it, you look at a team that's a lot more competitive uh, than they were a year ago. And if they're able to add two more first round picks, free agency signings, you're looking at a team that, that, that you might be looking at, uh, pushing for the AFC South next year. But, um, I don't know. What are you looking for in the bye week? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking for them to continue to carry over kind of some of the things that they learned and how to finish. I mean, they definitely got some help. Things went their way. We didn't mention, um, you know, the Trayvon Walker. Um, oh yeah, pass, um, roughing the passer call was critical because they had what third and twenty on that particular play, and he just oh yeah gave it to him. And but 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 that's what happens in a football game. Things often can go in a team's way, um, and it definitely went in. Uh, the Texans' favor. Um, so, you know, if they can continue, I, I do think, you know, wins like that help a team, you know, gives them confidence going into these situations. Like next time they're in that situation, they're confident. We've won before. We can do it before. We can do it again. We can lean on this um, particular scenario. So I think it would be helpful. They can beat the Raiders, I think. I think uh, I'm looking at the schedule now. Commanders, definitely. I think Commanders are are one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah. So like even right there with if if they beat the Raiders mm-hmm. and you're looking at two games that could have won the Colts and the Bears. Mm-hmm. That's that's a that's a four and what is that four and two team? Yeah. That that, that would not have been something that yeah, for sure. anybody would have expected. Obviously that's not there now. And I think everybody's kind of having to fight the overreaction of watching them beat the Jaguars too. So there's there's a lot of that element in there. I mean, is is a division game and you know, I, I I didn't think that even if even though I predicted them to lose the Jaguars, I didn't think they were going to get blown out. I didn't think that the talent deficit is is much different. Um, you know, I looked at it as a a home game for Jacksonville, um, and you know, I, I figured that the Texans were going to win theirs at home since they play better there. But you know, um, you know, it was a good win. Of course, still early, not much to over. You don't want to overreact to these things, but. Uh, I, I do think the Texans yeah, may play what two things we didn't uh, mention Cam Johnston helping out in the uh, punt game. He leads the NFL with punts inside the opponents. 20 pinned the Jaguars within their 10 twice. Kami Fairbairn hit two 50 yard field goals that made the difference in the game as well. Um, I mean, he's in the middle of a really productive season, his best with the Texans so far, 90% field goal percentage. He's made all of his PATs. The only one he's missed was the one last week that just looked like a total duck. And I, I, really, I really can't explain it because he's been playing really well otherwise. Um, and I'm now the yeah. field goal kicker expert because uh, I made one in the <laughs> media combine. So uh, one out of three. So 33% with no rush and uh, <laughs> no stress whatsoever. So uh, 
we'll we'll see how that continues with the Texans. And uh, we appreciate all you guys listening and reading and watching our content. You can follow us for the rest of the season at HoustonChronicle.com. He's Jonathan Alexander. I'm Brooks Cabana. We'll talk to you next time.